Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJ. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 248 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. Sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what's going on, man? Well, you forgot to introduce yourself again. Oh, my name is... Remember when uh, Nathan used to call me Fedge Newt because that was my name backwards? <laughs> Sounds like a Star Wars character. <laughs> my name is Fedge Newt. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Fedge. Ah, thank you. Thank you. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing good, man. You know, for the first show in I don't even know how many shows, I do not have a bang coursing through the veins this week. Wh- why? I know. Shocker, right? Well, to be perfectly honest, Jeff, we have not gone grocery shopping in a while. And typically when we do our grocery shopping, we pick up our big stockpile of bangs. And we've been kind of piecing them together through 7-Eleven. Like, we'll go, we'll pick up a couple, we'll come home and stick them in the fridge. But they are wiped out, which means we need to do our grocery shopping. We've been really bad. So no bangs this week. It's literally just the iced coffee from earlier this morning. So uh, we're going to see how I'm like by the end of the show. Like, what kind of condition is Scott in? By hour two, see if he's still powering through or if he really needs that bang to get through a show. Well, Scott, I am going to pick up your slack right now. I am holding up. Ooh, key lime pie. So, this has been sitting in the fridge for three days, dude. I've been wanting to pop this open, but I knew I couldn't because I had to save it for the show. So, let's get the audience up to speed here. This is Thursday night, and you work tomorrow. Yes, and it's about 6.30. Yes. Pacific Standard Time. Specific. You are, specific Standard Time, yes. You are usually in bed around 9.30 to 10? Correct. 6.30 right now. So yes. you should be in bed in three to three and a half hours. Correct. And you are about to take a bang straight to the face. Straight to the face. Now, it could be like Radical Skedaddle where I just put it to the side and say, nope. <laughs> You're like, nope. I hate it. This is the very first time I'm trying it right now, so... As I said, oh, by the way, I have cans for you and Shannon. Oh, that's just lovely. Thank you. Let's see how it is. All right, so I'm popping it open. You guys can oh, hear. Oh, that's a good sound right there. Uh, it's got a good crisp pop right there. All right, cheers, Scott. Cheers. Interesting. Okay, so that's not good or bad. It's just maybe you need another sip. It's yeah, not yeah. one sip. Everybody knows the rules. Okay, so I get the hint of pie. Like, <laughs> well, well, hopefully it's key lime. <laughs> there is a okay, so I, I do get the uh, hit of some type of a lime pie texture in there. Texture, it's okay, maybe not. Te- texture isn't the right word. Uh, There's tape. graham cracker chunks flowing out of my bang. <laughs> I wish this um, is delicious, but it, it's it's okay. I don't know if I can sit here and drink the whole thing. It's well, you probably shouldn't, considering again, six thirty Thursday night. You have to wake up at what four tomorrow morning for work. 
Something like that, yeah. Yeah, probably best not to drink an entire can of Bang. It tastes like watered-down key lime pie. Oh, okay, like somebody took a piece of key lime pie, threw it in a blender, and <laughs> threw a little bit of water in there with it, and they're like, here, drink this. Yeah, you know how stuff gets diluted by water and stuff like that? Yes. That's what this tastes like. Very interesting. Okay, but you haven't put it down yet. You're still drinking it, whereas Radical Skedaddle was an immediate nope. This is, maybe I'll have another one at some point in the future if it's between this and Radical Skedaddle. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I do like key lime pie. This is my third favorite pie. It goes apple pie, lemon meringue pie, and then key lime. I wonder what The Rock's favorite pie is. Oh, it was Poontang. That's right. It was. He even sang a song about it. He did. He like did. Here it, here it go. <laughs> okay. That's not bad. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to drink a full case of it, which I have in the kitchen right now, but uh, I guess I could choke it down. I mean, it's not awful. <laughs> Well, that's actually saying more than you said for Radical Skedaddle, which was an immediate nope, straight to the toilet with that thing. It's done. But at least you could choke down a key lime. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would call that a positive review, Jeff. Absolutely a positive review. Scott, on this show, we do have news. We do have Toy Spotten. We have a couple of listener questions. And we are going to round it out with our brand new segment called Points of of articulation i'm excited to play this with you because you don't know what figures i have listed and i'm going to throw them over to you and you have to give them a score and that game will be called points of articulation we're not playing it now i'm just kind of giving you guys a heads up of what it is so i'm looking forward to it have you guys head over to fullyposablepodcast.com? well you should over there is a one-stop shop for fully posable we got the t-shirts over there we got articles we've got new shows so head on over to fullyposablepodcast.com. You guys will get lost over there like I do reading articles. So head on over to fullyposablepodcast.com where shirts link up to Pro Wrestling Tees and whatamaneuver.net. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable, Instagram Fully Posable, WFP. If you guys want to listen to any of our past episodes, head on over to Podbean. Like I'm talking like episode one, two, three, whatever. Head on over to Podbean. Search Fully Posable. You'll be able to listen to any of our shows. Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes like Scott. This week it comes in from, oh, DTF Podcast. Oh, let's see how Barry words his admiration for Jeff. It's going to go one of two ways. Either Barry wrote the review (laughs) or Eric wrote the review. (laughs) We're going to see how this goes. (laughs) They did give us sweet five stars and they said, great show. Jeff and Scott are two real life brothers who have lifelong collectors of wrestling action figures and their passion for the genre shines in this podcast from old school figures from the 80s to all things current. They are well versed in wrestling figures and the OGs of the fig life. They have inspired many people to get back into collecting game and made it okay to be an adult collector. Keep up the good work, fellas. That was an Eric review. Thank you, Eric. (laughs) Thank you very much, Eric. We appreciate the five stars and the, the very, very kind review. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. That is one of the highlights of doing this podcast with you, Jeff, is being able to put the word out there. That, of course, it's okay to be a figure collector, specifically wrestling figures. And not only that, but there's this community that surrounds you and will help you find figures. Not only that, 
we're able to bring more people into the community, people that have been out of the game for years, jumping back into it. All of those things are massive highlights of doing this show every week with you. And for those of you that are along for the ride, thank you so much. And thank you again, Eric and Barry, for the very, very kind review. Well, the kind review is from Eric. <laughs> you better stop, dude. They were nice and sent a review. Here you are talking smack. I'm not talking smack. I'm just saying if it was Barry's review, Barry would have just like put you over big time and just like buried me, you know, <laughs> Barry's burial. <laughs> yeah, he would have been buried by Barry. <laughs> Thank you very much. You can send in any audio questions, questions or anything else at all to fully WFP at gmail.com. Scott, why don't you hit up our buddies over at FOCO? Jeff. Yes. You're such a jerk, dude. (laughs) Do you want to prove you're the undisputed world heavyweight champion of WWE fandom? Of course you do. And FOCO.com is here to help. With FOCO's WWE bobbleheads, you can play the game with Triple H, let in the fiend Bray Wyatt, and break some glass with Stone Cold Steve Austin. FOCO's line of WWE bobbleheads includes all your favorite superstars and legends from then now and forever, including The Undertaker, The Rock, Edge, John Cena, AJ Styles, Ronda Rousey, Andre the Giant, and more. These bobbleheads from Foco are handcrafted and hand-painted to depict the biggest names in sports entertainment, making them must-haves for fans and collectors alike. Don't miss out on these awesome collectibles. Head to Foco.com now. That's Foco.com, F-O-C-O.com, where at checkout, you can enter code WFP10 and save yourself a sweet 10%. WFP10 over at foco.com. Scott, did you do any toy spotting? I did a little bit. I was almost going to pull the trigger on the Andre in the ring cart. And I I pulled back a little bit. I'm going to pick that one up. I just I haven't committed to it yet. But on the G.I. Joe front, I did get in my deluxe snake eyes. I haven't opened it yet, but dude, that box is heavy. It's got some heft to it. And (laughs) so I didn't want to open it yet until my media room is 100% done. Then all of my figures are getting opened up. Well, the G.I. Joes anyway. Opened up, displayed. It's going to be a thing of beauty. I can't wait for it. But I don't want to do that until I have the room ready. So I'm kind of keeping everything in like a little stockpile area. And then once the room's done, then everything gets loaded in. But I did get in the snake eyes. I was super happy with that. Uh, But that's pretty much all the toy spotting I did. That's all I have to report for the week. That's it? That's it. Yeah, I I was almost going to pull the trigger on the Andre and the ring cart. And I'm actually going to open that one. I'm not going to keep it MOC. And the Macho Man I'm passing on. And it's not because I have an issue with the Macho Man figure itself. I think it's fine. But I've already got Macho Mans that kind of look like that. I've got the two-pack with CM Punk. I've got the Legends Series 4. I've got the Defining Moments that when you take off the robe and everything kind of looks like that Macho Man. So I only need one ring cart because there was only one one ring cart at three and six that would bring the wrestlers down to the ring. There weren't two carts. So I only need one, and I don't have a loose Andre that looks like that yet. I'm still waiting on the Super 7 one, but that's aside from the point. But I do want to open up that Andre for the figure and the ring cart passing on the macho because that's just extra money I don't really need to spend and I don't need two ring carts. So gonna pull the trigger, just haven't done it yet. You do need two ring carts, dude. For what? 
I don't know. That's just like you need Castle Grayskull. Like in case you come over and play? Yeah, exactly. And no, Jeff, I do not need... Okay. I guess need is the wrong... Because I kind of do need it. Yes. But as we discussed last week, that's the whole budget thing that doesn't work, right? Because I still need to collect my wrestling figures. I got to collect my G.I. Joes. I don't see how I can budget in money for Castle Grayskull. Because once I do that, then I have to budget in for all of the He-Man figures to go with it. Because once you start down that road, you can't just have Castle Grayskull and the Sorceress figure that comes with it. You got to at least have He-Man and Skeletor. And then you got to have their henchmen, Beastman, Man-at-Arms. And then you've got to complete all of the other ones. And there's going to be more coming out. It's just, it, it, I can't go down that road. Don't tell me I need it, dude. I, I don't need it. Scott? Jeff? Just get it. <laughs> I'm surprised Shanna hasn't called you and cursed you out yet. Uh, yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised she hasn't. She actually didn't say anything to me last week after listening to the show, which I was really surprised. Because it's okay. Mm, I think if it was okay, she would have come to me and said, babe, you know, if you really want that Castle Grayskull, just go, we'll make it work. Just go ahead and get it. That would have been the conversation. But silence speaks volumes. And I think I'm going to pass. Scott? <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> you're a horrible influence dude i am dude as i told christopher dean sometimes i like playing the devil on the other shoulder yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes you're the devil on both shoulders i will say though <laughs> i actually ended up passing on the gi joe operation blackout game as of right now i what? haven't fully committed to passing on it watching some uh gameplay videos dude uh i know the full force podcast really enjoyed it but for me, if I'm going to get a game, it has to have some replay value to it. For me, buying a game is, I'm not going to say it's a huge financial commitment, but if I'm going to invest 40 to 50 bucks in a game, I want there to be some replay value. Meaning in two or three months, I'm still going to be playing that game. In watching the videos of it, I didn't think that I would be playing that game in two to three months. Whereas when I buy a WWE 2K game, assuming it's not 2K20, chances are pretty good I'm going to be playing that game in you know, another six to seven months because they have DLC that comes out for it. And I don't know if there's going to be DLC for the GI Joe game, but just seeing the videos online, uh, it didn't look fantastic. So my feeling right now is wait until Black Friday, see what it gets marked down to and maybe jump on it then. I'm actually surprised that you passed that up being a huge GI Joe nut that you are, but I understand your reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that I don't want it. I do. And in fact, they have a deluxe digital edition that has a soundtrack for the 80s cartoon. So they really start tugging at the nostalgic heartstrings here. So again, maybe wait until Black Friday and uh, see what happens on the discount side. So my buddy Norm texted me and he goes, hey, by the way, Best Buy has the Marty McFly Back to the Future NECA figure. And I was like, oh, I've been looking for that. I was like, I'll order it from Best Buy because I can't seem to find it at any targets around here. I didn't know you were into the Back to the Future figures. Dude, I saw these. Like, I want to get the Doc Brown, and then that's going to be it for me. Okay. I, I, I don't want to get the Tales from the Space. or is Yeah, Tales from Space or something like that. Yeah, where he's in the yellow suit. Yeah, the yellow jumpsuit. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to get that because I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I do want to get the Doc Brown. Well, it's not a yellow jumpsuit. It's more like a yellow beekeeper suit. Yellow lab suit. Lab suit, yes. Thank you. Yes. So... I was like, I can't go down that rabbit hole. I'm not going to. I refuse to. So I'm going to just get Marty and Doc Brown. Well, Best Buy had Marty. 
So I ordered it, get the notification that it's shipping, it's on its way, and it shows up in a padded bubble envelope. Oh, man. So you weren't going to open this thing. You were leaving it in the package. I was going to keep it in the package. And I knew it right away, too, when I picked up the, kind of grabbed it around. Yeah, you can feel the integrity of the box inside. The the integrity of the box just wasn't there. I pop it open, sure enough. Dude. I, I mean, it's Best Buy, though. Like, I can't. I, I don't know. I guess do, do I blame them or I mean it's Best Buy. <laughs> you well, know, but not... still, I mean, if you're gonna jump into this shipping collector figures to buyers, yeah, blame them. The, again, this is another example of a retailer not knowing what they have, and that's unacceptable. If you're gonna sell collectibles, treat them as such, pack them as such, ship them as such. It's not fair, dude. That that they ship these things and Amazon was doing it with the Storm Shadow figure. That's a highly collectible piece, and I got mine like a lot of other people did in the bubble mailer. Come on, guys. This is a $20 figure. It's going to go up in value, and you send it to me and just throw some thoughts and prayers on it and hope it doesn't get crushed? Well, a lot of people's (laughs) did, and that's not fair. Of course you can pass blame to Best Buy for that. All right. Well, shame, Best Buy, shame. Shame. So, yeah, the box came in. It's all dinged up. Now it's kind of basically forced my hand to open it up. Now you got to open it. But I'll tell you what, dude, Senator Porcupine, he has a great looking Back to the Future display. Oh, God. Lewis's Back to the Future display is like nobody else's. I've never seen anything as good as his. It's off the hook, dude. It's so great. He was sending me some pictures and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like now I'm getting tempted to buy Back to the Future figures. So let me put this on my temptation list with the Motu line. But (laughs) they look great open, so maybe it's not such a bad thing that Best Buy kind of forced your hand to have to open it, you know, once you get the Doc Brown. But again, that could be a slippery slope, dude, with the Back to the Future ones, because then you're like, oh, well, I'll just start to get these other Back to the Future figures. And see, that's where it starts. You've got two, then you start to watch that army grow. (laughs) Nah, dude, I'm good with what I have right now. I'll get the Doc Brown. And you know what the selling point on the Doc Brown was? There was two, actually. Let me rephrase that. There's two. There was this shocked face that Christopher Lloyd has as Doc Brown in the movie. Right. And the blueprints of the high school. Yep. Those are the two selling points. I saw those and I was like, okay, God damn it, I have to have this. <laughs> yeah, and you know, as a collector, sometimes you have your mind made up, you're going to pass on something. And something as small as like the blueprints to a high school is what tips the scales to where you're going to purchase. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like every collector kind of has their own thing that they're looking for. And while they have their mind made up that they're passing, oh, look, you get this extra thing with it and boom, that's what kicks it in. So it's funny. I was talking to um, Lewis the other day about the Back to the Futures. And I told him that in 1985, I would have killed for a set. Now, do you remember the Dukes of Hazard car that came with Bo and Luke? And you could open up the the roof of the car and drop the two figures inside? Yeah, absolutely. Why did they never make... Now, maybe they were out of business at this point. I think it was Ertl or Mego that was making those. I can't... Maybe Mego? I think it was Mego. Maybe they were gone by 85. But how cool would it have been to get... And they made Greatest American Hero. They did Dukes of Hazzard. Uh, there was even a Magnum PI. There might have even been a Fall Guy one. I think there was. I think we had this conversation. But how cool would it have been if they did a DeLorean with Doc and Marty and the doors popped open and you could fit both figures inside and they were in the three and three quarter inch scale, which was perfect for uh, as a kid playing with. They were perfect scale. How cool would that have been in 85 to get that? And it came with that uh, extended pole that hooked onto the wire and shot him back to the future. Yes. Yes, oh. exactly. 
That would have been fantastic. Oh, it would have been awesome, dude. I would have definitely bought one of those. You and I probably would have each had one. Too bad they never came out with that. And who knows, maybe they will at some point. I don't know. Funko did a uh, Batmobile. Now, I'm talking like classic Batman 66. Funko did a Batmobile that came with a Batman and Robin. So maybe down the road, we'll finally get a DeLorean that you can open up the doors and put Marty and Doc in. Maybe from Funko in that three and three quarter inch scale. That's kind of what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for larger scale. That would be pretty sweet. Other than that, I didn't really get anything. We went to Target. We have 11 Bobby Heenans on our pegs. Oh man, I hate to hear that. So what I'm thinking is that Soda Hunter picked up all the Bobby Heenans, drove them out to <laughs> Alameda Target, yes, dropped them off here, and then went back home hoping that he gets the new series of the Target exclusive Elite Legends Series 8. Yes, apparently he cleaned out his Target, or he was doing Nevada a favor, went and cleaned out Nevada, dropped them all at Alameda. <laughs> And then he'll hit up Nevada for the new series. <laughs> the new series is hitting, by the way. It is. Uh, Norm just picked up the whole set out here. And it's funny, too, because there's a local collector out here that basically gets the figures first and then flips them. Oh, great. So Norm knows exactly who he is. So he made it over to Target in Hayward. He grabbed all of them and just left a few Orndorfs. <laughs> and the and the guy goes, who's the hot one in this one? He doesn't even know who the hot one is in this. Uh, Unbelievable! Series. He's just picking, mm, just picking them up to flip them. No love for the hobby. Just wants to make a buck. Ugh, pisses me off. So Norm goes, oh Orndorff, dude. Orndorff's the hot one, man. You got to pick him up. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Norm's a savage. But yeah, Norm found him over in Hayward today, so they are hitting, folks. Any uh, guesses on who the peg warmer is going to be out of that series? It's Orndorff. You think it's going to be? Oh, yeah. Who do you think it's going to be? Hmm. I, dude, you know what? It could be Jake. No. You don't think so? I mean, not the Chase version or the variant. No, I don't even think Jake's going to be. The peg warmer is going to be Orndorff. Maybe Eddie. It's Because Eddie doesn't really come. He comes with an I'm your poppy shirt. So it's not really like it doesn't really jump out to grab you. Is this worth 20 bucks? You know? Yeah, he should have come with roses or a, a title of some type. That would have definitely upped the the appeal of that figure. Correct, but there are so many Eddie Guerrero fans out there that it's hard for me to think that it would be a peg warmer. I think it's Orndorff, dude. I honestly do. Warriors in a fly-off, that's that's a no-brainer. Yeah, for sure. I, no, I think you're right on Orndorff, dude. I think you're right. I'm just hoping that they continue this line. I don't want to see any peg warmers. I hate that we have Levin Heenans over here. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. But because that Heenan figure is so good. I mean, it's him in the weasel suit. That's fantastic. But it's still a peg warmer and this sucks, dude. Yeah. I'm hoping that Target will look past the Heenans and go, okay, yeah, this line's popular. So I don't even hate that there's some peg warmers. I just hate that it's Heenan. Like, that's what bothers me is that it's the Bobby Heenan figure. Like, we've always clamored for more Heenan figures. They give us one in the weasel suit, no less. And he's the peg warmer, the one that Target is looking at with side eye going, hmm, do we really <laughs> want to continue this? Yes, you do. Overlook it. Just discount it. We'll buy it. <laughs> Scott, we've got to jump into the news. What do you say we jump into it? Let's talk about it. Oh, you going to learn today. Scott, before we get into the news, why don't you hit up our buddies from Manscaped? Yes, guys, head over to manscaped.com. When you go to check out, use code WFP20. 
You're going to save yourself 20% and get free shipping on all of their amazing products from the lawnmower to the landscaper to the shears to keep yourself groomed and looking sharp. Get some deodorants while you're over there too. Load up your cart. And when you go to check out WFP is the code you want to use, get yourself 20% off and free shipping. And Scott, what do you have for other toy lines? Hasbro Pulse announced Jazz and Hot Rod in their Studio Series line, and the deco will be inspired by their appearance in the original animated film. You know, Jeff, the one that made you cry, and made most kids cry, and some adults as well. Pre-orders are live at most major retailers. Do you remember that movie, Jeff? Yes, I do. I'm actually really surprised, because Dad said you fell asleep within the first 15 minutes. I did. (laughs) Well, okay. So the backstory to that one is I knew that we were going to that theater that night to see that movie. And I was so excited that I woke up hella early, like when mom and dad used to leave from work for like 5 a.m. Oh, that sucks. So I was so amped and so ready to go to the theater that when we got there within 15 minutes that I passed out, dude. (laughs) But I guess I didn't miss much because Rodimus Prime took over. Yes, yes. I loathe Hot Rod to this day strictly for that movie. They killed the great Optimus and he took a spot. Like, of course we're going to hate you, Hot Rod. It's like when you're a fan of a football team and your favorite quarterback plays on that team or your favorite player is the quarterback on that team and they get rid of the quarterback. Of course you're going to hate the next guy coming in. Screw him. Yeah, they did that with uh, Doug Flutie and they brought in Rob Johnson. Screw Rob Johnson. See, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Continuing continuing on, more Hasbro Pulse news. They announced a new Boba Fett figure in their Star Wars Vintage Collection, and the look of the figure and the card back both are inspired by Return of the Jedi. Also available to pre-order now. Ooh, new Boba Fett figure. A new Boba Fett. That would make, I believe, a total of 5,468 Boba Fett figures produced by Kenner slash Hasbro over the years. Uh, I think you may be off by one or two. Possibly, possibly. There were some bootlegs that came out that I might have missed in there. (laughs) Series 2 of the G.I. Joe 1-8 scale line. Now, these are the statues that you're able to purchase. Mm -hmm. Series 2 was shown, and that includes... Well, it was shown in the, like, the printed out version. The unpainted version, I should say. It includes Cobra Commander, Serpentor, Destro, and Baroness. So, Cobra Heavy on this one. Ooh, you getting any of those? No, I'm passing on the statues. No budget for that. Only figures. So if you saw the New York Toy Con beachhead that I talked about last week, would you get that Funko? No, passing on that one too. Oh. Dude, I honestly, like with Funkos, I stay away. I love the shipwreck one too, but again, no Funkos. I can't go down that road. And last but certainly not least, Boss Fight showed off their Klaus figure from the upcoming Umbrella Academy series of figures. And it wasn't the figure itself. It was a sketch of what the figure is going to look like and the accessories that are going to come with that figure. So you're going to want to stay tuned if you're interested in those Umbrella Academy figures. Stay tuned to Boss Fight for pre-order information, such as dates and pricing. And that does it for news outside of our wrestling figure universe. Dark Side of the Ring. Okay, I know we're going away from toys, but how cool are the Dark Side of the Rings? Oh, they're outstanding. Yeah, love them. The first two episodes for the next season so far, from what we heard, is going to be Grizzly Smith and family. So Grizzly Smith, the father of Jake the Snake Roberts, Rock and Robin, Sam Houston. That is one of the episodes. 
allegedly, this is what we're kind of gathering from all the news that's come out. Brian Pillman is going to be one that I'm kind of interested in because I'm curious what they're going to be able to tell us that we haven't heard before. Yeah, I mean, he's an interesting character, but I'm okay with, even if it's just a rehash, I'm always down for a Brian Pillman story. And New Japan Collision in Korea joint WCW. The event was held in North Korea in April of 95. So per Wrestling Inc., uh, says, while well, the season three renewal for Vice's TV Dark Side of the Ring series has not been officially announced, producers are currently working on the next season. Producers recently filmed interviews with family members of the late Grizzly Smith for an episode on Grizzly Smith and his children that I just talked about, according to PW Insider. Eric Bischoff recently revealed on his A3 Reeks podcast... He was interviewed for Dark Side episodes on the late Brian Pillman and WCW New Japan Collision in Korea. The Collision in Korea episode is one of the primary topics that show creators Evan Hunsey and Jason Eisner had wanted to produce for the third season. It was announced earlier this year after season two wrapped that Dark Side of the Ring is now the best performing series in the history of Vice TV. The first two seasons are now available for streaming on Hulu. If you guys haven't seen that, you definitely need to. Gotta check them out. So many great episodes. The Legion of Doom one was outstanding. The New Jack one was a lot of fun. Just a great, great series. Highly recommended. You're absolutely right, Jeff. Now, we're going to head on over to wrestling figures. Just tonight... Steve Ozer put on his Instagram that the second figure in the Ultimate Edition fan takeover. Now, let me rewind back to last week. Jeff Hardy was the first figure in the Amazon Ultimate Edition fan takeover. Ultimate Warrior will be the second figure in that series. You can vote. What are the three options? You got WrestleMania 6 Warrior, which was the Mattel Elite Legends, basically. Warrior in white trunks with the white heavyweight title. Or Warrior in green trunks that is similar to his Hasbro Series 1. He's not in the springy pose. It's just Warrior in the Ultimate Edition. Oh, good. Okay, they didn't go that extra step. That's wonderful. Um, That's a tough one, dude. I don't know. I wouldn't want to see the WrestleMania 6 one again. I feel that that figure's been done enough times. Correct. That eh, we're good. We're good. I don't know what else you could do to that figure to make it any more cool than it's already been multiple times. So either of the other two, I'd be totally fine with, but I'm kind of leaning towards the Hasbro, to be honest with you. I don't know what he would come with. Because you got if it's an Ultimate Edition, you got to throw in all these extra accessories. So, I mean, yeah, extra head, extra hands, what else are you going to throw in there? Yeah, that's a good question, dude, because he wasn't really doing vests or jackets yet, or dusters, at that, at that early stage of his career. So, yeah, that's a good question. So you can vote over at WWE.com for this Ultimate Warrior Ultimate Edition fan takeover. That will be the second figure uh, in the Ultimate Edition fan takeover that is Amazon exclusive. Now let's run over to AEW. They revealed some figures like we had talked about last week. They revealed MJF and Dustin Rhodes. They revealed some more. They revealed the Hangman page, which, okay, so this was the story of two different figures for me. On the reveal, he had the bags around the eyes yet again. But Jeremy took some other pictures of the prototype, and it didn't look like it had the bags around the eyes. So <laughs> what are we getting here? <laughs> Dude, it's really bugging me, these these dark circles around the eyes. As I mentioned, they did it with Cody, they did it with Nick, and they did it with uh, basically all of Series 1. And now it's they're doing it again for Series 2. They've done it with the MJF, and 
depending on which is the real figure that we're getting in the package, they did it with Hangman Page. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not a fan of that. Now, outside of the dark circles, I don't mind the Hangman Page. I think it looks pretty good. Ray Phoenix was also showed off. He is in the black and white tights, black and white mask tattoos. Looks good. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm more inclined to get the boss fight one. Yeah. The Ray Phoenix looks good. I'll just leave it at that. Penta was also in black and white. Penta, just picture Penta in black and white. That's it. John Moxley, the regular one, will he'll have his Mox jacket on with the AEW title. And the one of 500 will be him in an inner circle t-shirt with a little bit of the bubbly. That is the one of 500. Okay, nice. I don't mind the Moxley figure at all. I think it's cool. Uh, much like you, Jeff, with the boss fight, Ray Phoenix and Penta figures on the way, I have mine pre-ordered as well. So those are two that I would probably pass on anyway. Um, the dark circles, it's an issue. And like you said, from a different light, it looks different. Like the circles aren't there, but then other light circles are there. So which figure are we getting on the pegs? Because as you mentioned with series one, dark circles were there. If that's a deal breaker for some people which for you, it doesn't seem like it was because you ended up buying them anyway. But moving right. forward, should those circles continue and you continue to harp on them, that could influence whether you're going to continue buying AEW figures or not. If they make another set of the Young Bucks, which they are, and the Dark Circles are there, I'm like, okay, I've got Series 1 Young Bucks. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Same thing with Hangman Page. Okay, it's, say he does come with the Dark Circle around the eyes. And when I say Dark Circles, I mean like lack of sleep. Like he's been on a... Yeah, bender for <laughs> for ages you know and that's what i mean by the dark circles it's 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 a deterrent now i i do want to get the first hangman page so i'll pick it up i do want to get the first mjf so i'll pick it up but when we get further down the series if those are still there and things are still off with the figures and there's another mjf or another hangman page i'm more inclined to just go oh, okay cool i've already got hangman from series two i've already got the young bucks from series one right i'm good right you know that's that type of thing yeah no i hear you on that for sure also scott boss fight showed off their fanaticos series fanaticos is basically basics and it's going to be penta with a t-shirt ray phoenix with a t-shirt taya and Hooventu. those are the fanatico series aka basics the pre-orders are live on boss fight studio pretty sweet figures dude you guys want to go over and check those out i really like them and we were told that those are going to be out first half of 2021 excellent i'm super excited to get my penta and phoenix dude i think those things are just going to be home run figures i mean like what would hold those things up a pandemic (laughs) (laughs) we hadn't had one of those in a hundred (laughs) years What are the odds? <laughs> All these cool figures being held up by that crap. <laughs> Dude, that threw off so much stuff in the toy world. But oh my gosh. We'd already be holding our New Japan figures, probably through Series 2. Dude, don't get me started on that one, man. I have been watching so much of the G1 going on right now, and all I could think is, damn it, I want my Okada figure. Damn it, I want my Osprey figure. Yeah. I I need my Tanahashi figure. I need my Ishii figure. It's just one of those things, dude. It just kills me, man. Yeah, but it's out of your hands, but more importantly, it's out of the manufacturer's hands. There's nothing they can do. They're trying to get these things out as well. It just, it sucks. Just, we got to work through it. Scott, we do have a couple of listener questions. What do you say we jump into it? Let's go talk to them. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? 
just want to hear from my people and I just want to listen Scott, our first audio comes from Justin Summers. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from the Wrestling Cheers podcast with a listener question. This week, my question is a question that might have been asked at some point before, but I am a newer listener, so the best thing I can do is at least try. So my question for you guys this week is what is the one most prized possession in your collection? Doesn't have to be wrestling figure related. Could be anything that you collect. Just the one thing that it comes to mind as your prized possession, the number one on the top of your list. For me, it would have to be the fact that when I kind of came back to collecting or just started to find something I could collect, it was going down the pop rabbit hole. For me, I made it a mission that the first. Funko Pop I bought was going to be Stay Puff. Like I said before, that's one of my favorite characters of all time. Unfortunately, at first I couldn't find him. I didn't even know that he was a bigger size. So I went to a, to a bunch of stores trying to find him, couldn't find him, settled for a Slimer at that point. So I had locked myself into getting all of the Ghostbuster Funko Pops. And I'm very happy to say that I have successfully bought all of them all of the original line Ghostbusters, nothing that's a Freddy Funko or any type of those crossover ones that directly deal with the movie are in and in the Funko pop format. So of all those, the number one on my list and my most prized possession in all of my collecting. And that is a slimed Egon in a Ecto one pop. That was a New York comic con exclusive through Toy Tokyo, and I want to say that was back in 2014. Of the entire Ghostbusters collection, that was the most expensive and still is the most expensive when it comes to value. Fun little peek behind the curtain. It is, last I checked, a roughly about worth $300, and it's been a floating around there in the past year or two. Back at about 2016, I want to say, I found a website that was selling it, but it was, at that time, out of stock. And it had the regular information that said, hey, if you want to know when this is back in stock, we'll let you know. So years go by. I had pretty much forgotten about it. And then early last year in January, I believe I was watching the Royal Rumble. I get an email from this website saying, hey, we have the slimed Egon in the Ecto-1 now back in stock. And at the time that they last sold it, it was actually worth right around $175. And that is what they were selling it for still. So I bought after taxes, shipping, handling, all that fun. I spent about $200 for a $300 figure to kind of help pay for it. A little side fun story. Also back at around 2015, I was uh, just starting to get into Funkos and I had already bought my fair share. Some friends of mine were in some little bit financial pinch and they were selling off some of their pops. The one pop that I decided to buy was a flocked Ralphie from the, in the bunny suit from a Christmas story. I spent 20 bucks within about a year or so after that, it shot up to being worth about a hundred after everything was said and done. And I had finally got my Holy grail for Funko pops. I sold Ralphie for almost the exact price 
that I had bought Egon for. So it worked out for me. So that is my most prized possession within all of my figures. But really quick, if I were to throw out my most prized possession when it comes to wrestling figures and wrestling memorabilia, I've already mentioned it before, but you know what? I'll mention it again really quick. And that is Johnny Gargano's first figure that I have signed and non-figure related. I'm going to go with t-shirts because I'm a huge t-shirt collector, over 300 t-shirts within my collection. Huh, maybe I can start asking questions about those. But I really love the KFC Ric Flair shirt that WWE came out with a few years back. Very short run, very limited quantities, and I have one. Well, those are my questions for this week. I will take all my answers off the air, and thank you once again for everything you guys do. Take care. Don't you love hearing stories like that of like somebody finds something for years later for a cheaper price than what it's actually selling for? Like the Ecto-1. Oh, that's great. And what a piece in the collection too. That is awesome. So huge congrats to Justin for landing that and basically covering all of his costs as well. That's incredible. And now I want to see what that little Ralphie Funko Pop looks like because I'm a huge fan of Christmas Story. So I've never seen that Funko Pop. I'm going to go look it up when we're done recording. But that's a great question, Justin. Prized possession. Um, I'm going to go wrestling figures. And a few weeks back when we did our tribute to Animal, I spoke about it. But it's the tag team set, Jeff, that you bought me, the Classic Superstars tag team set. Not the Series 1 that was in the red and the black Legion of Doom outfits. This would be the second two-pack of Legion of Doom that came out that was an exclusive I don't remember who it was exclusive to. I don't believe it was RSC. It was exclusive to somebody, but it's still Legion of Doom. It's still red and black, but they've got some accents in their in their outfits and killer looking figures. And you bought that set for me, Jeff. We took it to Atlanta in 2011. Animal signed his figure and then signed over Hawk as well with HOF 2011 because that's the year that they went into the Hall of Fame. That hangs up on my wall. Literally, if there was ever a fire, God forbid, ever a fire in my house and I could grab one collectible and run out the door with it, I'm running by my Slim Jim Macho Man, which is the best figure of all time, and I'm grabbing that LOD Classic Superstar set, and that's going with me out the front door. That would be the first thing you grab, huh? Well, collectible-wise, if I could grab one collectible in my haste to get out the front door. I mean, look, the animals and the kids are on their own, whatever, you know. (laughs) thoughts and prayers no of course i'm kidding if i could only grab one collectible and save it that would be the one gotcha what about something that isn't wrestling figure related that is a collectible Oof, that's a good one so i've got a tote and you'll like this one jeff i've got a tote in the garage one of two that has the only thing in these two totes are mask toys in the box oh opened They've oh. been opened and played with, but for some reason, I kept the box. And when I was done playing with my mask toys, now, except for Boulder Hill, we did have the play set, but I did not keep the box for that because that box was just hulking. But I saved the box for all of our other mask stuff. So in the garage, I've got played with mask vehicles with the figures inside the vehicles. Everything's intact. Masks are on the figures and all that, but they're inside the box. I'm grabbing those two totes. So I'm saving the mask toys. And those are straight out of 85, dude. Those are the ones that we grew up with. Rhino, Thunderhawk, you, you name it. From like the first two series of masks, it's in that, or in those two totes. 
I can dig that, dude. And thank you for saving the mass toys, by the way. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't anything that was planned. It was just, I, I maybe that's where like my MOC thing started. Because I never did that with any of my other toys. It was only mask. And I saved them in the box. It was just more convenient to throw them back in the box and I could stack them in my toy bin. And they weren't all piled on top of each other. You know, plastic's going to break if you throw it on top. So I think that's maybe why I kept them in the box. Still played with them. But after all these years, they stayed in the toy bin, got taken over to grandma's garage. And when I went there, I guess five years ago now, and started taking stuff out, that whole toy box was sitting in there and all of the mask toys were inside of it in the boxes. So that came back to Tracy with me and they were all put into totes. All right. Okay, for figure-wise, oh man, that's a tough one. I would be tempted to grab my my autographed Deluxe Classic Hardy Boys 2-pack that was RSC exclusive. Because it, I, I just love that 2-pack and it's autographed. The look of the figures and the that set on its own is incredible. Beautiful set right. of figures. But signed takes it to the next level because Jeff's signature is a thing of beauty. And looks right. so good on that box set, dude. That's a great call. I would also be tempted to grab the Bret Hart ringside exclusive where he's in all pink WWE elite. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good one too. I don't know which one I would grab. It would be a last minute decision. Now, non-wrestling figure related, I would grab the belt that is hanging up in the front room. Oh, the Hart Foundation one signed. Signed old school WWF tag belt signed by Bret and Jim. I would be hauling that thing out. But on my way out, I would reach over and snag Steve Hoker's custom of Italian cane. <laughs> I would grab that. I would I would reach out and grab that and then run out. That is the thing of beauty as well. We love Steve over here. But let me clarify, if I ever get my hands on an, a G.I. Joe aircraft carrier, which I've stated many times, is the best playset of all time. If I ever get my hands on an aircraft carrier... That's what's going out the door with me. I would not blame you one bit. And it's actually, if I do end up getting that, I'm going to have to reformat my media room. I don't know where I'm going to put that thing, but stuff is getting moved, so it goes in the media room. Have you checked eBay lately for one of those? I haven't. Not Honestly, I haven't really scoured for G.I. Joe's probably since like May, June, somewhere in there. And I'm almost afraid to look now to see what they're going for. But I'm such a completist and I'm so picky that I'd want it. If it can't be 100% complete, I want it 99.99% complete. You know what I mean? Like I, I am so particular with what I collect. But if I collect it, I want it to be complete. I've got to have all of the parts, all of the pieces. I don't want anything like, oh, well, it's like 80% complete. You just need to do. I don't want that. I don't want to just have to do. I want to get it complete. So that's kind of like the collector in me that is is going to have a hard time finding the aircraft carrier to add to the collection. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know what, dude, I just looked to my left and guess what is sitting to my left. It is the four horsemen four pack that I have autographed. Ooh, it would be hard to pass that one up, dude. Yes, it would. You spent a lot of time and money getting that thing, not just the figures themselves, but the autographs on there. So yeah, that'd be hard to pass up. That's another thing too is every autograph that you have on your wall, you acquired in person. So you're one of those. You could just look, sit in the middle of your room and look around. And every figure that's up on the wall signed has a story and a memory that you look at it and boom, a story pops into your head. 
or yep. a memory or an image pops into your head. I think that's incredible. And that's one of the coolest parts to me about hanging up your dis- or displaying your autograph figures is the memories and the images tied to getting those signatures. Exactly. Well, I do have to say on the Four Horsemen 4-pack, I did have to ship that to Ohio for Travis Fowler to get Arn Anderson's signature. That was the only one I was not able to get in person. Yeah, and huge thanks to Travis for that. And that's another part of it too, is finding people that you can trust in other states. Because we've talked about this before too, is we don't get a lot of signings in California. I mean, this was pre-pandemic. We didn't get a lot of signings in California, but everybody in the Midwest to the East Coast, a ton of signings. And it's really cool that people were offering, hey, if you need that signed, Travis, for example, hey, you need that full horseman set completed. You just need Arn. He'll be here. I'll just take it for you. And it's great being able to trust somebody in the fig life to be able to get that signed. Yep, absolutely. Justin, thank you for sending that over. Also listen to the Wrestling Cheers podcast. And let's tie that back to our signature moments, Jeff, that's going to be on the website soon to where listeners can send in their pieces pictures of their pieces and them with the wrestler and a short story so that we can get their stories on meeting certain people and getting the autographs. Very well done. I like how you did that. You like that little segue? I've been practicing. I did. I did. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, Justin. Scott, last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that weekly question. Last year, I asked you guys to book a Halloween Havoc using Mattel Retros and Hasbros. This year, I'd like you guys to once again book Halloween Havoc. If you were to play today, but with Mattel Flashback Elites, Jack's Classics, and FTC Legends of Wrestling Line, just for good measure. Ooh. You know what's funny? We're about to drop an episode on Drunk Wrestling History where we review Halloween Havoc 91. And that was the Chamber of Horrors match where Abdullah got thrown into the electric chair in the middle of the ring and Cactus Jack threw the switch and there was sparks and fireworks and the ring mat caught on fire and all sorts of craziness. I'm thinking we book that match. All right, let's do it. I don't know why I go to that match. Every time I think Halloween Havoc, I don't think think the spin the wheel make the deal. I always think of the Chamber of Horrors. I don't think of Sid facing Sting and Barry Windham dressed up as Sting coming in to take the pin and you think there's a title switch. I don't think of that either. It's always the Chamber of Horrors and poor Abdullah getting fried in the middle of the ring. Every single time you mention Halloween Havoc, that's the image in my head. It's not that horrible match between Hogan and Warrior. It's always the Chamber of Horrors. Okay, uh, let's also throw in, how about... The Rey Mysterio, I think that was Elite 24, where he was he was dressed up with all the skeleton. Oh, yes. Very nice. Yes. How about we have him take on Hoovy's FTC figure? Okay. I like that. And if we're going to start throwing guys into the Chamber of Horrors, I nominate FTC's New Jack, because that would be fun. So we can also throw in Sting and Jake, because, I mean, that's infamous. Sting and Jake from Halloween Havoc. And no wheel spinning. But I think we I think we should do defining moment sting, like specifically take the crow sting and put him in this one because it fits Halloween havoc. Exactly. Okay. Not that New Jack does fit Halloween, but given that Cactus Jack was in the original Chamber of Horrors, I'm gonna replace him with New Jack from FTC. That's why I threw New Jack in. He's gonna take the hardcore element away from Cactus Jack, and New Jack's gonna be in this version. And since he said Jack's classic, we can throw in Jake's Jack classic where he was in the maroon tights and he came with that uh cobra 
Very good. I like that a lot. That's a good move. You know what, dude? We should actually hold this inside the War Games playset. That makes sense. Okay, so we've got our ring. We've got our cages. We've got some participants so far. We're up to three. We have New Jack, Sting, and Jake. Correct. Okay, so we've got to keep going. I I guess Undertaker would really fit into this one. So we're just throwing everybody into the the Chamber of Horrors. We're just booking a Chamber of Horrors match. Well, we're also taking care... Yes, we're booking the Chamber of Horrors. Well, you gave us a Rey Mysterio match, but we're booking the Chamber of Horrors, and we're putting in guys that really fit into Halloween. So if we do Undertaker, we got to do Kane. So we may as well take the Jax Classic 2-pack of Undertaker and Kane. Okay. Finn Balor's got to be in there. Oh, good call. Yes, Elite 41, Finn Balor. And how many how many participants do we have in this thing? Well, let's recount. Um, three, sir. It's going to turn into a Royal Rumble cha- Chamber of Horrors. Well, whatever. We're booking it. So, <laughs> New Jack, Sting, Jake. We have Finn Balor. We have Undertaker. We have Kane. That's up to six. Uh, Wait, six aside? Well, we have six total so far. We haven't chosen sides. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, At least about- two more. Okay, so the Nasty Boys. Oh, okay. I actually like that a lot. Which Nasty Boys figures? The Elites? Yeah, let's go Elites. Okay. And then, so obviously they would go on the bad guys side. So let's have Mick Foley or Cactus Jack and Terry Funk. Oh, okay. So we're going to take a Cactus Jack figure. Yes. Okay. Do you have a preference? Let's throw in this Mattel Elite. I think that was like Elite 52, 51, early 50s. Okay. And then we're doing a Terry Funk or a Chainsaw Charlie? Oh, Chainstar Charlie fits Halloween, so let's do that. Perfect. And he was in the Classic Superstars line, correct? Correct. Beautiful. Okay, so we've got the Nasties on one side, and you're putting Funk and Cactus with them as well? Yep. And they need one more person on their side. Let's go New Jack. That's the craziest fivesome ever. Yes. And booked. Okay, and then that would leave on the other side Sting, Finn Balor, Undertaker... Kane and Jake the Snake. Yep. Wow. That is a hell of a chamber of horrors. And we need a tag team title match. So let's throw in the Harlem Heat. I know it's not Halloween theme, but uh, Harlem Heat, they're just, when I think of WCW tag teams, I always think of Harlem Heat. So Harlem Heat versus Midnight Express. Midnight Express, done. There it is. So the Harlem Heat Elites versus the Midnight Express Classic Superstars. And complete. Well, we need a heavyweight title match, though, too. Ric Flair versus Vader. Oh, done and done. Oh, <laughs> you know what Flair would be good is the one of, uh, what is it, 25? Oh, with the white rope? Yes, versus uh, the Vader Elite. Yeah, that would be good, huh? I think that's my favorite Vader figure is that Vader Elite. Not that there were any bad Vader figures, but I think if I had to pick one, that would be my favorite. Oh, and you know what? I do want to throw out a special thanks to Richard Yule. Uh, He actually had that one for sale. He reached out to me. It's not in my budget right now to be able to get it, but I wanted to thank Richard for extending that opportunity to purchase that figure. That was nice of him. Very, very nice of him. Great guy. Love Richard. Scott, that rounds out the listener segment. What do you say we jump into the new segment called Points of Articulation? Can't wait. (laughs) 
Scott, this game is called Points of Articulation. Basically, I'm going to throw a figure at you. You don't know which figure I chose? Hopefully not literally, because if you toss a Bundy LJN at me, that could cause damage. Insta-concuss. Easily. That's best case scenario. I'm going to throw a figure at you, and you've got to give me a score from 1 to 10. Okay. That's basically what Points of Articulation is. So, the very first figure for Points of Articulation, Iron Sheik LJN. Ooh, and you know, we've got a really, really good story about that one. And we've told it many times, but we had to buy that one on our own. Our mom refused because it said Iran on the side of his tights. And we were in the whole conflict with Iran in the mid 80s. Mom 100% refused to buy us that figure. Would not, but every time we picked it up, we're like, mom, please, like we need it against Hogan. She's like, nope, I'm not buying you that one. We had to go buy it with our own money. So right there, it's gaining points because we had to buy it. I remember having to add a lot of color on Sheik on his tights or his whatever you want to call them, pants, because he took so many slams thrown out of the ring so many times he was getting paint loss on his pants. With the hefty marker, you had to draw it in. Well, and see the Sheik's uh, pants, they were tricky because they were kind of like a purplish blue color. And so I had to mix, she had this metallic, um, it wasn't hefty, it was some other make, but it was like a metallic purple, and I had to mix that with the hefty blue, and it actually matched up pretty good. So that's how I would color in the Sheik's pants when he had too much paint loss. The boots were easy, you know, there was some red on there, those were easy to touch up. I actually really liked the look, and I prefer my Sheik figures now to be in that look. Because I love the look of the Sheik in his pants. More so than the look of Sheik in his trunks. It it just, there's more color on him. And he's always got those signature boots with the curl tip, right? Right. But with Sheik figures, you either get him in the trunks or you get him in the pants. And I think because of this LJN figure, because he was in the blue Iran or blue purple, whatever, Iran pants with those designs on the front. That's kind of how I want my Sheik figures to be now. So... The pose was good. I liked the pose. It was very move-friendly. Suplexes, body slams, clotheslines. The sculpt on it was really well done. Like, as soon as you looked at it, you knew it was Iron Sheik. They had the the mustache, perfect. The build was right. He wasn't overly muscular, but just enough. Looked just like the Iron Sheik. The curl-tip boots, perfect. Solid, solid figure from LJN out of 10. I'm going to go 8.7. Okay. A great figure. And again, a lot to do with the LJN is the pose, right? Because you wanted him to be play friendly. Cause as kids, we weren't keeping these things on the card. We were bashing the hell out of these figures. They had to be able to do moves and that rested in the hands of LJN to give us a figure in a pose. Cause these things weren't bendable very much. They had to give us a figure in a pose that was move friendly. And I think that they accomplished that with the Iron Sheik. In addition to an amazing sculpt, they put him in a great looking outfit and 8.7. Okay. Um, I'll throw in my, I I would say a 7.8. You are one harsh judge, dude. I love the figure. I love the face that they had to use at the time. I, I thought it was Iron Sheik. Uh, love the pants. The boots were perfect. I'm going to go 7.8. Okay. 
we're just kind of flipping numbers here. I got 8.7, you got 7.8. That is true. Scott, the next figure that I'm going to throw at you, again, you don't know which figure is coming at you. Ric Flair Galoob Series 1. Oh. Not the UK. The yeah, one yeah, where yeah. he's The one where he's in the baby blue. I gotcha. That's one I have fond memories of finding. I was so excited to get WCW figures. Even more excited when I found out that they were in scale with the Hasbros. And now you could start having dream matches. Right? We saw Series 1. It was immediately like, okay, who's going to be in Series 2? Who's going to be in Series 3? How many more dream matches can I start putting together with my Hasbro figures? Very exciting. Little did we know we were getting cut off at Series 1. Flair in Series 1... Not one of my favorite Galoobs. The sculpt is okay. Y- you see it, you know it's Ric Flair. The The trunks, the boots, everything about that was fine. What is a big detriment on that figure to me is the pose. Because there's not a lot of moves you can do with his hands out at his side and dipped down a little bit. You can do a backbreaker. You can do maybe an ass slap on his tag team partner when his tag team partner does a good job. (laughs) Uh, But aside from those moves, there's not a lot you can do with that flair. And again, much like the LJNs, the Galoobs were not posable at all. While you could maybe get a little bit of a flex or a pose out of the LJNs, you were getting no such... These were hard plastic. You were getting no such bend out of the Galoobs. So you couldn't even try to do a different move with the flair. You were stuck with the pose that they put him in. Some were great poses, like Tom Zink, for example. Great pose, Barry Windham. You've brought the Barry Windham figure up multiple times, Jeff. In a non-posable figure, it's got to be move-friendly. You didn't get that with Flair. So on a scale of 1 to 10, while I do like the overall look of the figure, not a huge fan of the face sculpt, but again, you knew it was Flair when you saw it. They got the boots right, they got the trunks right. On a scale of 1 to 10, that's one, and I hate to knock Galoobs at all because I do love the Galoobs, much like the great Marty DeRosa that's been a guest on our show a couple of times. He's a big fan of Galoobs, as am I. I hate to knock him, but that one's going to be low for me. I'm going to go 6.7 on that one. I agree with you. The pose was absolutely horrendous. It was almost like they were trying to catch him doing that Ric Flair strut. Yes, you're right. You're right. And like you said, I wasn't a fan of the face. I love the baby blue trunks that they put him on. I love that part. And like you said, you knew it was Flair. But man, like you said, it's the hard plastic. There was no posability. No give. No give. You can't. Like with LJNs, you could probably move an arm down maybe just a smidge and do something, but you couldn't do that with Galoobs. 6.1 on the Ric Flair Galoob for me. Yeah, and I hate to give it such a low score because I do love the Galoob line. Absolutely adore it. It's one of my favorites of all time. But unfortunately, the Flair in Series 1 is not one of my favorite figures. Like if you threw Sting out there, Jeff, that'd be an entirely different score. But the Flair... Now, if they put him in a different pose... My score goes up pretty big, but given the pose he was in and the lack of posability on that figure, 6.7. Scott, moving along, Galoob's enemy in 1990 was Hasbro. This figure was in Series 1, and we mentioned it tonight, but the Ultimate Warrior Hasbro Series 1. Ooh, in my least favorite Hasbro action. And anybody listening to this show over the years knows Jeff and I love the Hasbro line. 
adore the Hasbro line. LJN is our agreed on favorite. And I would say a lot of that has to do with nostalgia and playing with the LJNs more than we played with the Hasbros. But it's it's a 1 and 1A one situation. We love the LJNs, but we love Hasbros too. And LJNs are our favorite, but Hasbros are our favorite also. But you've got to pick one favorite, so it's 1 and it's 1A. And that's where Hasbros fall in, is 1A. But out of all the Hasbros, if I hate one of the actions, it's the jumpy pose. I have never been a fan of the jumpy pose where you push down on the shoulders, let him go and he flies. It makes sense for certain guys like Jimmy Superfly Snooka. They put him in that one. It makes sense. I don't like the action, but for Superfly, it made sense. The Rockers, it made sense. They were high flyers. Ultimate Warrior, not a high flyer. And I'm guessing they gave him that one for his shoulder tackle. But... I would have preferred him more in, say, like the Hulkaplex pose that came out later for Hogan, where it was you could almost do like a suplex. One arm was cocked out so you could put the head in there. The other arm was able to lift the guy up. Maybe Warrior would have been better suited in Series 1 to be in that. But overall, putting the jumpy... So that's going to deduct points, but putting the jumpy action on the side... Overall, the figure is fine. I The paint job is good. In fact, earlier we alluded to maybe I'm leaning towards Mattel doing the Hasbro-inspired Series 1 Ultimate Warrior because I'm always a fan when a current line gives kind of a love letter to an old line and redoes one of their figures in that outfit. As we've talked about, Rick Rude had a basic where he looked just like he did in the Mattel. We've had DiBiase in the green suit. Those are just a couple of examples Hopefully they do that warrior because that would be awesome if we got a warrior in his Hasbro gear from Mattel. I think the gear is fine. The face paint is fine. It's not the best warrior though. No. I think the warriors that came out after series one were better than series one. That's going to deduct points too, because now you've got this warrior to compare to the other warriors and granted they're later in the line. Improvements are made, whatever. But I think both the purple warrior and the warrior in white are both better than the green. I love series one from top to bottom. I do. But this is not my favorite Ultimate Warrior Hasbro. It's good, but it's not great. So it will rank a little bit higher than the Flare Galoob. I'm going to give Warrior a 7.1. You and I are right on the nose. I was going to give it a 7.2. The pose really just deterred me from that figure. And like you said, Warriors in later lines were superior to that one. It was good. You knew it was Warrior. The face was good. But honestly, dude, like it wasn't the best Warrior. So I'm going to give this one a 7-2. And you know, there might be people out there that argue with that score. And that's, or any of the scores that we've given. And that's the beauty of our hobby is healthy debate, right? All opinions are going to be on the table and nobody's right and nobody's wrong. That's the beauty of it. But, you know, for a lot of kids, this was their first Ultimate Warrior figure. Mm-hmm. Because the black cards weren't plentiful in the United States by any stretch of the imagination. They were plentiful in Canada, not so much here. So for a lot of kids that missed out on that LJN Ultimate Warrior, this Hasbro was their first Ultimate Warrior figure. So in in a nostalgia, rose-colored glasses situation, this figure to somebody else might be in the 8s and the 9s. 
And I'm not going to argue with that at all because looking at a figure with nostalgia rose-colored glasses, I think is beautiful. So if this figure to you rates higher, more power to you. But this was our second warrior. The LJN, or if you want to say Grand Toys, Ultimate Warrior, I think that was better than Series 1 Hasbro Ultimate Warrior. But again, that's an opinion. But again, for a lot of kids, this was their first Warrior figure, which I'm sure once kids got their first Ultimate Warrior figure, it was just heaven. Like, that had to be amazing. Because I remember how it was for us when we got our first Warrior, the LJN Grand Toys, and that figure tore through our Federation. So again... That's our score, but there are others that might rate it higher, and I totally get it. Scott, the last figure that I'm going to throw at you on points of articulation, he was one of the best big mans ever in wrestling history. I'm going to go Vader Jack's Classic. Ooh, okay. So I'm not a fan of the fat bodies that they threw on some guys, and it just made them grotesque. It was not a good mold. And I'm really surprised it made it past quality checks. Earthquake, Typhoon, man, did they not do those guys justice? Even more so, Vader. They did not do him justice with the grotesque, overweight body. Mattel did a much better job with Vader. And for that matter, Bam Bam Bigelow. While they were big men, they weren't that big. And for some reason, they had a choice to either use the grotesquely fat body or a muscle body. And I don't know if there was anything in between, but there should have been because that would have fit Vader much, much better. When it came out, of course, it was Vader, so you had to have it. But now seeing what Mattel has given us, man, it's to me, there's no comparison. The Mattel Vaders blow the doors off of the classic superstars Vader and given that, now if Vader was my, the Vader Classic Superstars was my only specimen of a Vader figure, shoot, even OSFTM, I think, did a better Vader than Jack's Classic Superstars Vader. And the it's, it's the body type that they put on them. That's what's killing it for me. The rest of the figure is fine. The outfit is good. The face is good. The packaging is beautiful. We've talked about Classic Superstars packaging. Awesome, awesome packaging. It's the body that they used. It's almost insulting. For that reason, I'm going 5.4. Dude, you and I are like right on the fat body. It's frustrating. It's irritating. They did it, like you said, with Earthquake. They did it with other guys. The fat body was just ridiculous. Like the guy had had moobs. He had middies. I mean, it was just, (laughs) it was ridiculous. The fat body is horrible and i wish Jax would have never gone that way they gave it to one man gang and what sucks is we haven't had a one man gang mattel figure to kind right. of counteract that yes but we're focusing on the vader jacks classic the only thing that saves this figure in my eyes is the face and the helmet yeah and both are good and, and look the singlet that they put him in is good too that's okay yeah it's good it's good but the body, it throws me off, dude. It's like the bags around the eyes on the AEW figures, right? It totally. And look, like I was going to say earlier, if this was a standalone specimen of a Vader figure, this was the only Vader figure we had, I would probably still rate it as such because that body that they used on him is almost insulting. Like you said, the guy could move. I mean, he didn't have the best body, but he certainly didn't have the body that they put on that figure. And that's why I rated it so low. And it's hard because you have 
other figures to kind of compare it to. Like even OSFTM, 12, 11 years earlier, made a better Vader figure than what Jack's Classic Superstars gave us. Just on the body type alone. 5.3 is what I give it. Okay, there you go. We're right on the money on that one. Yeah, I think you and I saw eye to eye on quite a few of them, minus the Iron Sheik figure. Yeah, that was the one we were furthest apart on, for sure. And if anybody ever asked me, you know, I'm in the market for a Vader figure, what would you recommend? Zero times out of 10 would I ever recommend the classic Superstars Vader. I mean, it's it's okay, but there's better Vader figures out there to look at. Also, get the Bone Cruncher before this one. Probably I would, yeah. At least that body was a little more flattering than what they gave him in the classic Superstars. Jeez. Actually, I don't know. That's a toss-up, man. Because the Jax Classic at least came with the helmet and had an accurate scan of his face. Well, yeah, but the Bone Crunchers didn't use any type of scan. Oh, that's true. Uh, that's a toss-up right there. I don't know. Well, and the body type was, like, not Vader. That was, like, way too skinny to be Vader. But, <laughs> again, at least it wasn't grotesquely obese like the Vader figure that they gave us. Let us know what you guys thought. Iron Sheik, Ric Flair, Ultimate Warrior, Vader, Jax Classic. Let us know what your guys' points of articulation is. Scott, that rounds out the show. You can find Iron Sheik, Ric Flair, Ultimate Warrior, not the Vader Jax Classic, on WrestlingToyTracker.com, where you can find the loose and carded prices of each of those figures. So if you're on the hunt for any of those figures, check out WrestlingToyTracker.com or check them out on Twitter at Toy underscore tracker scott eagle moss yes guys if you have a pop culture or wwe fan in your life and you're looking for a gift for that certain someone look no further than eagle moss they've got a ton of properties under their umbrella from battlestar galactica to star trek to dc and of course wwe they've got a bunch of great wwe statues available you can subscribe to their monthly service and when you do you will get a ring to display the statues in if you're more of a mint in box kind of guy then It comes in a full-color box with a clear plastic window on the front displaying the statue inside and a full-color magazine of the featured statue on the back of the box. Great collectibles. Head over to at Hero Collector on Twitter to check out Eagle Moss. Scott, we're going to run down our podcast buddies, Breaker and Bane, of course, always kicking it off. They have wrestling talk, toy talk, and a guest in each week. Check them out. Good friends of ours. Breaker actually just got pimped out Destro. Or Profit Director, Destro. Yeah, a great, great figure. And uh, Breaker's a G.I. Joe collector like you and I, Jeff. And it's fun talking Joes with them, and we're all on the hunt. So check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour on iTunes. Also check out Breaker's side project, Back to the Nintendo. Also check out our buddies doing the favor. It was funny, I was listening to them this week, dude, and I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Derek Henry during the Titans and Bills game, just mauled over one of the Bills' defensive backs. Just chucked him five yards, dude. I saw that. It was actually a still shot of him throwing the stiff arm. Yep. And it was funny. When I was listening to their show this week, I heard Barry go, oh! And he started laughing. (laughs) And I knew exactly what he was saying that over. It was funny. I just caught that. (laughs) Anyways, check out Doing the Favor. Check out their website, doingthefavor.com, where they got the SKUs and UPCs going on over there. Again, doingthefavor.com and check them out on iTunes, Doing the Favor. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with our buddies Steve and Eric over there doing fun nostalgia wrestling talk. Always enjoy listening to that. I always look forward to when their show comes out. It's one of the first listens that I do. 
They actually just did Survivor Series 1990. That was one of their recent episodes. So again, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast or PPW Podcast on iTunes. The Federation Fanatic Podcast is no more. And welcome the Owen Anderson Show. Owen Anderson is doing fun wrestling talk over there. And he's talking about Mexican pizza, Scott? That kid is awesome. You definitely (laughs) need to give the Owen Anderson show a listen. Old school wrestling and Mexican pizzas and Baja Blast. Check out the Owen Anderson show. Also, our good friends, Sheena, Seth, and Marco over at the Chick Foley show. It's a fun, fun listen. Also, one of those shows I enjoy listening to each week. Check out the Chick Foley show on iTunes. You heard Justin earlier. Check him out on the Wrestling Cheers podcast. Always love getting those questions from you, Justin. RJ over at Ringside Rant. He's also a fellow Buffalo Bills fan, so I get to talk Bills football with him. Check out the Ringside Rant podcast. Also, our good buddies, Marty and Rucker over at Boot to the Face. I love listening to that show. Rucker always cracks me up. Marty does as well. Those two just work well together. I do a show, Lucha Libre Figures and Facts on the Lucha Central Network with Eric Arana from Boss Fight Studios. And our last guest was Roy Lucher. A lot of collectors know who Roy is. So check out Lucha Libre Figures and Facts on the Lucha Central Network. Scott, Drunk Wrestling History. Yes, give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. We have a show that comes out every other week. Our most recent episode is a watch along. And we watch along Melina and Alicia Fox, which Cameron said was her favorite match of all time. And caused stun <laughs> and caused Stone Cold Steve Austin to almost vomit on her shoes. He could not believe what he heard. Well, let me tell you, we go back and we do a watch along to that match. That is our most recent episode. But this coming week, we are doing a review of Halloween Havoc 1991. Fun episode. You can download it wherever you find this podcast. You can find Drunk Wrestling as well, where we're not always accurate but we're always drunk at wrestling underscore drunk. Check out Marty and Sarah love wrestling as well. And trivia with buds each and every single day. Scott Rokal. Yes, guys, Jason Wolf. He's doing big things. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jason W L F better yet. Go check out his website at doyledraws.com. That's D O Y L E draws.com. Jason is not only doing artwork now, but he's also doing custom figures. Sold out of every one of them so far, from Zeus to Tuxedoed Hogan. If you got the deluxe version of Tuxedoed Hogan, you got a Macho Man head where it could become a Tuxedoed Macho Man figure. Again, like I said, doing big things, amazing things. The dude's an amazing artist. I can't say enough good about Jason Wolf. Give him a follow on Twitter, at JasonWLF, or head on over to his website where you can get in touch with the man himself. Hit him up for a commission, because if you need artwork, he is your guy, doyledraws.com and Jeff that rounds out roll call Scott that rounds out episode 248 anything else stay safe stay healthy fig life since 2016 and happy toy hunting I want to thank everybody for listening to episode 248 hashtag fig life adios Yeah. 
Fully hosable. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully posable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the kings.